Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Brian Kelly, KMOX News Time 906. KMOX is at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. Now, here's your host, Mike Miller on KMOX. One comment, Mr. Kelly. How come yes. you're still wearing a blues hat? Blue season's over. Because the only hats I have on my rack are blues hats. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Because yeah. you have an Ireland shirt on. Well, this I thought is maybe because... you had an Irish shirt. I know you bought it in Ireland. Well, I did, but a relative of mine is leaving for Ireland today. Whoa. So I'm going in spirit. Wow. Yeah, it's actually a couple of relatives of mine. Wow. They're married. So, yeah, they're both going. Party on. Yeah. Oh, they're going to have so much fun. Yep. Oh, Great. Yeah. I wish I was going. I was just curious why it's always blues. Always blues. Always blues. Sounds good. Yep. Folks, thanks, and welcome to the second hour of the Garden Hotline. I'll be giving the tip of the trial shortly, but right now you can call 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120, and then you'll get in line with your questions, comments, or concerns. And by the way, thanks for having me on your show, and you can call about plant selections, the ups and downs related to annuals. Man, the pansies look spectacular so far. Now, I do fertilize my pansies. I got them several weeks ago, probably a month ago or so. And about every two weeks, I do give them a boost with some fertilizer. Your bulbs, your daffodils, your crocus, your tulips, and all those kind of spring flowering bulbs, yes, you can be fertilizing them right now as well. And your spring flower, or your summer bulbs, like cannas and elephant ears and things like that, or sweet potato vines. I pulled mine out of the garage and I dumped into some pots and try to trigger some action as far as growth goes. Your edibles, ground covers, house plants, lawn, perennials, roses, shrubs, trees, vines, water gardens. And I'll share my thoughts, but always remember my answers, comments, and opinions is certainly not the only garden path to take. But it's offered as an option for you to consider. Samantha will be taking your call. Greg is still here. So it still takes two people to produce this very difficult show called The Garden Hotline. During the week I do and weekend, I do garden consulting where I come to your home and discuss questions that you have. Also keep my eyes open for things that may be causing an impact, good and bad, on your landscape. You can go to MikeMillerDesigns.com. The homepage, you can find my email address and phone number. It's going to be listed right there. Today after the show, I'm headed to town and country. So you can schedule a walk and talk, and I'll share my 40-plus years of experience related to your home, your plants, care and maintenance, and everything else. And now, a special recognition for individual group or situation that's made an impression on me and is brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636 861 Three, three, four, four. Today's tip of the trial goes out to several. There's all kinds of garden clubs throughout the entire region. And speaking of town and country, the town and country garden club meets at the Longview Park Farmhouse on Clayton Road. The Trenton Tumbleweeds Garden Club in Trenton, Illinois. The Troy Garden Club and the O'Fallon Garden Club. The Webster Groves Garden Club. 
the Webster Groves Women's Garden Association, the West County Day Lily Club and Day Lily MBG Day Lily Society, and the Wild Ones Natural Landscapers. That just shows you. I mean, whatever your interest is in plant, the only thing that I can't think of that there's a garden club for is lawns. There's not like a you know lawn garden club. So anyway. If you've got any kind of interest in plant material whatsoever, go ahead and uh, you can go to the Missouri Botanical Garden website. That's mobot.org, and they will list all kinds of different plant societies and shows and everything else related to various plant materials. So anyway, I guess I'll go ahead and you know take a break. I'll be back after these messages. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline. If you do have any questions or concerns, 314 314- Four three six seven nine hundred or one eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller, sponsored by Allen's Tree Service on KMOX. Yes, folks, you know what April fourteenth is? Well, isn't tax day tomorrow? Yikes! Well, I'm going to go see my the guy that prepares my taxes, my CPA. Right after the show today, and after that, I'm headed out to town and country for a nice walk and talk. But right now, we're going into Brad's yard, and Brad lives in St. Louis. Hi, Brad. Hi. Good morning, Mike. Hi. I, I'm a little confused. When you go to these uh, stores that have all the bags of potting soil, potting mix, garden soil, compost, I'm not sure what to use when. Like, for instance, I'm going to be doing some vegetable container gardening mm-hmm. this year. What would you use uh, to do that? I would view, again, I, anything in containers, I'm sold on potting mix. Okay. So, I mean, many people can grow other things, but I, you know, it does, it really drains very quickly. So I have to admit that. So it means that, you know, from, if you're trying to grow vegetables, tomatoes or whatever, which we've grown tomatoes in containers, rhubarb, lots of different things over the years, uh, you do have to fertilize routinely to make sure there's some nutrients there. Every time the plant needs it, especially like tomatoes, which needs food all the time, are fertilizing pretty much continuously. And that doesn't mean every day, but it means always have some fertilizer there for the tomato plants. What kind of fertilizer do you use? I use one that's specifically for tomatoes because it has calcium, and that prevents blossom end rot, and that's the black spots on the bottom of your tomatoes. Okay. And can you use a granular for your other vegetables? Uh, yeah, you can. You know, I just... I just like to mix up more or less powdery stuff in buckets and pour it on. It gets okay. it right down to the root system ASAP. Okay. Can I mix the potting soil with my other garden soil? I don't know why you'd want to do that. I guess you could. Well, just it's decent soil, and, you know, potting soil is expensive, so I didn't know. Yeah. It's potting mix, not potting soil, but I don't want to correct oh. it. But okay. anyway, yeah, you could give it a try and see what happens. Now, what is the actual difference, then, between potting mix and compost? Potting mix, compost is more like potting soil. Compost is organic material, very dense and very heavy. It's basically you mix it into the ground. That's what its intent is for. Where potting mix, you don't mix that into the ground, you know, in any circumstance that I know of. Okay. Well, thank you for clearing that up. Sure. Okay. Thanks, Brad. And let's head from St. Louis north to Florissant, and into Mike's yard. Hi, Mike. Hello, am I on? Yes, as far as I know. As uh, About this time of year when my hosta shoots up, I take a spade and split it and, and move it. Can I do that with my peonies that are popping up? Ooh. I'll tell you what. If you divide peonies, you're going to set them back. 
So in other words, it's going to be a couple years after you divide them, even if you do everything correctly and you know it works out just fine, where you're not going to get the good color. The first year, you might not even get great flowering as far as quantity-wise. You can do it, but uh, personally, I think peonies should just be left alone. And if you want more peonies, just buy them. But if you want to divide them, you certainly can. Just make sure you see the red hands coming up out of the ground right now. So yeah. you know exactly what you need to do. You cut a pie wedge out of that and stick it into uh, you know, the new location. Well, well, I have so many, and they're spreading so much. If I, I'll have to take some out be, just because i, I got to move some. But if I do that, when should I do it then? ASAP. Okay, this time of year. Yes, exactly. That's a better time to do it because the ground is going to be warmer and they can acclimate a lot quicker. So do it, you know, do it now. If you don't get quite around to it, you can just, you know, wait and you can do it in the fall. But uh, basically around August, the peony foliage usually starts declining. You can do it at that time as well. Okay, thank you. And by the way, my foliage always turns black later. Can I just cut it off in some kind of a mold or something on there? Yeah, that's exactly right. So you can cut it off. Get it as soon as, and also when you cut your peony leaves off, don't let them just drop and stay there because that's re-inoculating the soil for the next year. So just uh-huh. get rid of it. Don't, you know, get, take those, don't put them in your compost pile, don't put them in, you know, anything like that. So you want to get rid of the leaves that have any kind of black spotting or anything at all on them. Thank you, Mike. Yep. And now let's go to Judy, and Judy lives in Crestwood. Hi, Judy. Hi, good morning. Hi. Um, I've heard you recommend compost for your garden for mm-hmm. your yard to improve the soil. Right. Uh, what other options are there other than compost? Uh, as far as improving the soil, that's about the only thing you can do. What a um, fertilizer does not improve your soil. Fertilizer is like more or less a cosmetic type thing for the plant material, but it doesn't benefit the soil at, hardly at all. Let's put it that way. Okay. What about malorganite? I mean, that's basically, it's, malorganite is a compost. Okay, could I use that? Yeah, I mean, malorganite is basically dry, I don't want to sound crass, but mill means Milwaukee, yeah, and organite, so it's like kind of sewage stuff from Milwaukee. Okay, thank you. Yep. Okay, bye. See ya. And, uh, yeah, Tracy and I just drove through uh, Crestwood yesterday, and we're amazed at what where Crestwood Plaza used to be. Whoa! There are some high mountains of soil there. Let's go to Baldwin now and into Patch Yard. Hi, Pat. Hi. Hi. Um, I um, enjoy your show very much, and I have been inundated with bagworms. I've tried everything. It has totally ruined the spruce. It's attacked my... Um, Japanese maple, and they're even on my red bud. And I had it professionally sprayed and lost the blue spruce. So I looked online at one point and, and was told that uh, recommended that Polestar 1 was something good to spray on the, the trees. So I'm wondering what is your opinion and what can I do to get rid of these bagworms? Well, I don't know why you would have bagworms on redbud trees and on maple trees. That does, I know. Yeah, it doesn't make you got to, I would say sell your home and run. That sounds scary. Rich. No, but I mean, 
on your spruce tree. Basically, the only way, the bags that are hanging there now, there's nothing there. And there's no kind of chemical that is going to penetrate those bags to kill the eggs because they're filled with eggs. What you need to do is just watch closely and, you know, it's weather dependent, but sometime within the next month or so, those eggs should hatch. And then it will look like a bunch of little bag worms that are not attached. They'll be crawling along the branch where they, you know, from the bag they, let's say, hatched from. Then you you can spray them. Then you can spray them with an insecticide at that time and kill them while they're young. But the bags that are hanging there... You know, some of them may not have any eggs in them at all. Maybe they've already re- you know, emerged or anything else. But uh, so that's... If, you put a, if I put a product on now that's supposed to kill the eggs, um, is that a possibility? Or I don't know of any product that could kill the eggs. Oh, really? None. They, I don't know how they would get to the eggs because you see how the bag is hanging. It's dangling. So the yeah. chemical that you sprayed onto it or anything else, I just don't know. You know, maybe there is, you know, chemicals that can penetrate those bags. But if you ever tried to tear those bags open? No, I'm not talking about the bags. I'm talking about pre, pre-activity. Can you put anything to stop the forming of the, the bagworm? No. Basically, it's a female. She goes, she gets, you know, impregnated by the male, and then she goes and she dies, you know, as she's for, you know, she's been dragging this bag around. She lays the eggs in the bag. She attaches it to wherever she wants to, and then, you know, then the eggs are in there, and she's dead. Okay, so what do you recommend when I start seeing the worms crawling on the box? Then you could, any kind of insecticide, because they're very young, can be used to kill them. So, I mean, you could use seven, you could use uh, insecticidal soap, pretty much anything because they're very young. They don't have any kind of protective type thing, and it kills them pretty quickly. Okay. All right. Well, I just have been, I'm just paranoid about these bagworms. They just seem, I can't seem to get rid of them. Yeah. I mean, and they hang. I mean, like I said, they're just not going to fall off when the eggs, you know, emerge from them. So, oh, I know. Well, it's good to pick them off, right, when you see them? Well, I guess so. I mean, my f- growing up in Ellisville, we used to, my father would give us a penny or a nickel or something, every bag we'd pick off the junipers. But, uh, yeah, it's good to get rid of them, but if you can't pick them all off, then, I mean, you could do it. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll do that, too. So, well, thank you very much. It's, it's really, I've never had such a problem before, and I thought they were prevalent on junipers That's, more than yeah, they were mainly on junipers, and they've you know kind of emerged to the spruces. But on deciduous trees, I don't know what kind of damage they can actually do because there's nothing for them to make the new bag with. Okay. So. All right. Well, thank you very much. Yep. Thanks, Pat. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. Once again, here's Mike Miller on KMOX. Yes, folks, back to the phones we go, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. We're headed to St. Charles, and we're going into Frank's yard. Hi, Frank. Hey, Mike, I got two questions. One is I talked to you last year about my front lawn. The grass doesn't grow there. It slopes the, the slopes towards the street, and there's a maple tree between the shade and the maple tree sucking the water. Right. So first question is, uh, is there a fast-growing ground cover that grows in the shade uh there's several ground covers there none of them are going to be fast growing to be honest with you they got to get Uh themselves established 
So you're kind of you can plan them, let them get established, and just use you know use mulch, you know more or less as the ground cover until they start filling in the space. Probably if you know in a circumstance like what you've explained, uh, I would look at the liriope l i r i o p e spicata s p i c a t a. That's a spreading monkey grass or lily turf. That would be the one I would choose. Right now, the other question I had is my dog likes to use part of my yard as a restroom. Uh, can I put lime down? To no, some, no. That would be the wrong thing because that's what's causing the problem. Use gypsum. Gypsum. Yeah. Uh huh. Because that'll bind up the you know the urine and then it'll pull the urine down through. But yeah, lime would be exactly what you do not want to do. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay, I appreciate that. Thank you. Certainly. And now let's go from St. Charles south to Oakville into Pam's yard. Hi, Pam. Hi. I grew some um, grape tomatoes in a container last year, and I just need to know if I should replace the potting mix that I used last year, or um, can I just grow tomatoes in that same pot again? To me, uh, you know, some people say you got to get rid of the potting mix on a regular basis, blah, 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 blah. I, you know, reuse the potting mix in my pots. Now, what I do do is I dump them into like rubber made tubs and I mix it all, you know, mix several pots of the potting mix together and then I refill them. But I don't, you know, I don't dump my potting mix just for the sake of dumping it. Okay, great. Thank you. Yep. And that, to me, that's just kind of a waste of money. Unless you've had tomatoes with diseases or something like that, or anything in a container that you have grown that got some kind of disease, whether it was you know tomatoes or anything else, get rid of that potting mix. So you want it because that can still have it in the potting mix or potting soil or anything, and then the next year's plants could have the same very problem. So okay, now they did great. I just want them to do great again. Yep. So just keep feeding, watering, and everything else. So thanks, okay. Pam. And now let's go to Millisburg. Illinois, and that's where Jim lives. Hi, Jim. Hey, how are you doing this morning? Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I got a question about uh, planting seeds. I picked up a couple of, uh, well, I call them buckeye seeds off of a tree from up north last fall. Mm -hmm. And I planted them in a container with potting mix here, oh, about five, six weeks ago. I haven't disturbed them. I keep them moist, but I haven't seen anything coming up yet as far as sprouting. And I was just wondering what I need to do to if they grow or not be patient okay <laughs> it could take a long time before they're going to actually start germinating and be able to push their growth up you know because you know it's just individual ones it you know it could be it may even be in the fall before you start to see any kind of above ground growth it may even be a full year so it's just it's hard to say with the individual plan individual circumstance so just be patient that's the best thing you can do okay i didn't want to disturb them so no Okay, well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yep. yep. And uh, if you want to, in the wintertime, uh, what you can do is, if let's say, even if they germinate and you st start to see some above-ground growth, leave them in the pot. Don't plant them out anyplace. Grow them in the pot for a couple years, but just, you know, dig a hole, sink the pot into a hole for the wintertime just to protect the, the new root system. Let's go now to Stella in O'Fallon, Missouri. Hi, Stella. Hi, Mike. Hi. Um, I have a couple of questions. One is, can I replant uh, the potted tulips that I had gotten from the kids at Easter? Um, you can I replant them, but you can replant them, but success 
next year is going to be somewhat iffy at best. So tulips are kind of iffy regardless. So go ahead and plant them and just remember remember where they are. You may have good luck with them. You may okay, not. Don't but let them. I don't need to let them dry out or anything. No, no, no. You, no. you can basically what you can do is the flowers are finished. I'm assuming. Yes. Okay, so you cut off the flower stalk. You could actually take them outside. Well, I'd probably leave them in the leave them in the pot for a little bit. And once the full once the leaves start turning yellowish, you know, mm-hmm. in the pot, they are okay. So if that's mm-hmm. happening, then you can take them and start planting them outside. Because oh, okay. you want to plant them deeper than what they are in this pot, so right. they you want okay. them down about you know six four to six inches mm-hmm. deep, and then mm-hmm. just kind of keep your fingers crossed. Okay. Uh, well, just one more thing. I have a rabbit that I haven't seen that's eating my woodland flock before I get to see the flower. <laughs> so I guess nothing to deter that. Well, there's some repellents and things like that which you could spray around you know where your woodland flocks is. But uh, that's pretty much about all you can do is a re- deterrent, mm-hmm. like unless you want to trap them, like have a heart trapped kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Okay. Sounds good. All right. Thank you. Yep. And now let's go to Perryville South, and Shirley lives in Perryville. Hi, Shirley. Uh, hi, Mike. I have a question about landscape timbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I realize the old ones I think were treated with formaldehyde. Yeah, creosote. And creosote, and they said never to use them for a vegetable garden. Right. But if but if they're really old, like twenty five years old, and they've been out in the weather, would they be safe, or are they never safe? I would say they were probably never safe. If you really want to be overly cautious, they may be completely safe. But the, the you know the residual of the chemical that was put in there to preserve them, if they've managed to preserve it, then that chemical is still there, or they wouldn't be preserved, and these landscape timbers would be twisted, falling apart, splitting, and everything else. Okay, so the new ones that they make today are they not are they treated the same way? No, no, they're not. A lot of them are composite, so they're kind of like recycled plastic and sawdust, which is blended and made into boards. So. That there's no kind of, you know, you think, well, plastic might be dangerous, but no, it really isn't. So, and none of the newer wood should have those products in them at all. And could I use those for vegetable garden raised bed? Yes. I could. Okay. Thank you so much. Certainly. Yeah. The only, and the other thing too is railroad ties with that oil or whatever they put into them. I mean, that caused some major trouble and they finally fell apart. Freeburg, Illinois. Hi, Carol. How are you? I'm fine, Mike. I want to ask you a couple of things. Is there anything that will keep rabbits from eating a newly planted things um, from seed or little plants? Basically, you're going to have to put a physical barrier around these things. So I don't know how are these big areas that you have planted with seedlings? No. Okay. So I mean, some you know, put some wire, even you know. Why are you know, put it like a fence around them or something along that line? Okay, I'll try that. And how long after a pre-emergent has been put down do you have to wait to plant grass seed? It depends upon what the pre-emergent was, but usually it's a minimum of three to four weeks, minimum. Okay. Thank you very much. Now, yeah, so a physical barrier for the rabbits. I didn't know how many you had, but... Uh, I mean, you got to make sure that you got good stakes. So the rabbits can't get in there. It goes all the way around. You, you know, use uh, cable ties to tie it to make sure that it's stuck to the post really well. 
And so that would be the best thing I'd recommend. So now let's go. All right. I'll try it. All right. Thanks. Yep. Thanks, Carol. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller, sponsored by Allen's Tree Service on KMOX. Yes, folks, we've got about nine minutes or so of the Garden Hotline, and then at 10 o'clock, Investing Sense with Andy Smith and Bob Richards, 1115 Total Ameren Total Access pregame show with Alex Ferraro. So all kinds of stuff coming up before noon today. And Jackie lives in Wildwood. Jackie, how are you today? I'm doing fine. Thank you, Mike. Um, I have a couple of questions, and first one is about boxwood hedges. When you trim them back, it's, it's one that's overgrown, and if you trim it back, can, is there any way that it would not look boxy? And the second question is, if I try to relocate them, like dig them up and put them in another area, can I put some other plant in that spot by um, putting some type of compost in it to make it um, stay healthy and alive and thrive. Yeah, you can move, you know, you can, wherever you pull the boxwood out of, that area should be fine if you just improve the soil. And as far as like, you know, having boxwood not look so boxy, well, stop pruning them and then they won't look so boxy. They'll still look roundish, I won't fool you, but they're not going to ever look, you know, natural, really branchy or anything else. So even if you don't prune them, I've got a couple that I do not prune, and uh, one of them, you know, is not a really good, in good shape overall. But the one is in really great shape. But I mean, it has some branches that are longer than others, but it's not. It kind of grows in a natural sort of beach ball shape. Okay, so if you prune it too short, will the leaves? come back on it? Well, if you prune it back to the point where there's no leaves, when you look down inside of a boxwood, there's no leaves there. You prune it back down to that point. You're probably not going to have anything except dead sticks. And they won't ever grow back? No. Or if they do, it'll be really painfully slow. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Sure. And now let's stay in Wildwood so we can save gas and go to Jerry's yard. Hi, Jerry. (laughs) Hi, Mike. I have an American holly bush, which is about 16 to 17 years old. I haven't fertilized it much over the years, maybe once a season in the beginning of the growing season. Mm -hmm. And I used Osmocote. Um, It's on uh, the north side of the uh, house. And this year it's showing strange things. The branches are a pale green. Right. They they used to look better than that. And the leaves are um the leaves are green, they look fine, but the these new branches are all pale green. What is happening? Well if it's new growth and that's why they're pale green as far as new growth goes. But if the leaves look fine, what you should probably do is just go to your favorite garden center and get some fertilizer for acid-loving plants, and, or either that or get some iron and sulfur, like iron sulfate, and mix that in and put it in the ground and see if that can help the color. But if the foliage looks good, then I wouldn't worry too much about the stems. Yeah, I mean, this has been a carefree plant. I mean, it's an unforgiving soil. We added right. soil, but... It's been doing great, and the birds love it. And I just, there's only one branch where we have some dead leaves, but, you know, I I trimmed it back in the fall, and that's the usual procedure I've been doing. Well, sounds like you're doing everything right. Just go to your favorite garden center and get some iron sulfate and follow the directions and put it around the base of the tree. 
Thanks an awful lot. I appreciate your show, too. Well, thanks for having me on your show. Let's <laughs> okay, stay bye-bye. in West County and go into Baldwin, and that's where Jim lives. Hi, Jim. Hi, hi Mike. How are you doing? Thanks Good. for having me on. Sure. Uh, listen, real quick question. Uh, this regards my daughter's home down in, in South City on Delore. Um, she has two dogs, single lady, two dogs, small backyard, probably no more than 500 square feet of grass area. I've tried turning it, reseeding it, fencing off areas so the dogs can't get into it. We'll get the grass growing. As soon as we unfence the area, the dogs proceed to kill it. So my question is, would I be best off stripping the top of this yard and, and sodding it, or am I just beating a dead horse? You're beating a dead horse. Beating a dead horse. Yes. Okay. If, you know, dogs, you know, the way their feet run and compaction and everything else, you're never going to have successful lawn. Okay, turned into a rock garden. Exactly. <laughs> you could do that. Or just let the weeds take over. Usually, we, But no, even weeds can't take it. You can always see I where the dogs run weeds. because there's no weeds there. Yeah. So. Okay. So, um, okay. But it's pretty tough to do anything with it, I take it, with the uric acid and the, so on. And the yeah, you can't. That's not going to make any difference. Okay. It's soil well, compaction, it. which is a real problem. Okay. AstroTurf. Got the answer. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> thanks, Jim. And now let's thanks. go to, yeah, she lives, if she lives on Dolores, she lives very close to where I do. Uh, Ron lives in South City. Ron, how are you today? Fine. Thank you for my call. I'll make it quick. You recommended iron sulfate for holly trees. Right. My dog crawls under the tree, and that's a whole other story. Is that iron sulfate dangerous to the dog? No, because you're going to water it in. Okay. That's good enough to know. I'll, I'll start using it then. Great. Yeah, because, I mean, it's the iron and the sulfur. The sulfur changes the pH, and the iron is, you know, what's up taken to the foliage and keeps it brighter. Now let's go to stay in St. Louis and go to John's yard. Hi, John. Hey, John. Thanks for taking my call, Mike. I'll sure. make it really quick. Uh, we're trying to keep bagworms out of our two large evergreens. What's the best time to treat it? And some people tell me spray directly on the branch. Other ones tell me spray it on the spray your uh, chemical on the bark what's the best way to do that and how soon is it before we can treat that tree the trees as far as the are is there existing bagworms on your trees right now there were a couple of you know during the summer we started to notice them and we sprayed stuff and it, it actually they fell off whoa the bagworms fell off i don't know if we use too much uh, ortho or not yeah, I don't. Usually, they don't. The bags don't fall off unless they're you know not attached yet. Yeah. So just watch them and watch for the crawler stages. And at that time, you can use pretty much any insecticide and just spray it right onto the crawler stage, which they'll look like tiny bagworms. Yeah. Do we spray on the bark or the branch that they're uh, nesting on? Spray on the actual bugs. All right. On the bagworms. We're trying to save them. Can bagworms actually kill a tree? Well, slowly but surely, yeah. But it's going to be a long, involved process. Yeah, we, we've had a couple of them where we used to live. They died because of bagworms. Right. What's the best product to use on that? Uh, if you're just trying to kill them in the crawler stage, any insecticide is effective, as long as you spray it right onto the, in, you know, onto the bagworms. All righty. Gee, thanks. Yep. yep. And, but, again, I've said this you know once or twice today, too. If the bags are hanging there... The, there's no insecticide that will penetrate the bags. And, Maria, could you do it kind of quick today? Yes. Um, hi, Mike. Hi. Love your show. Um, Burford Holly, um, I have a couple that I've had for about 10 years, but one of them looks like it's dying. The leaves are real brown, dead wood. Right. And I did notice some webs and some sticky 
matter on some of the um, outer leaves and stuff. So I didn't know if it had a disease or, or if it's just running its course. Basically, Burford hollies are not the best hollies for here, and their lifespan is somewhat limited. So my guess is it's probably related to just age factor as much as anything. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. And then I was wondering, could I put strawberries in now? Sure. That if, I got mail order. Okay. Yeah, get them in. You know, get the as long as the ground is prepared and everything else, you should be fine. Yes. Okay. Sounds wonderful. Thank you so much. Sure. Thanks to everybody for calling today. So we did get all the callers in, and uh, I guess I'll be back next week unless they say your show stinks and we're going to get rid of you. But I'll tell you, the weeds are absolutely exploding. If you go out into your yard or you see in the neighbor's yard, you walk in a park or something, you see stuff on the ground that looks very purplish. That is henbit. That is one of those vicious weeds that starts, that germinates last August, grows through all the wintertime, does very good. It's colored. You know, I mean, it has flowers all over it right now. It's dropping seed. And so that's why I keep harping on putting a pre-emergent down in August, but then you can't put regular grass seed down at that time because of the conflict of interest. But there's weeds all over the place besides the perennial dandelions. Mike Miller, KMWAX Garden Hotline. See you next week. A proud partner of the 2018 100 PGA Championship at Bell Reeve Country Club. KMOX, KMOX HD, St. Louis. KZK HD3, St. Louis. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.